Hello, everyone. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, to those who have called in and those who are listening to the replay, um, I thank you for your time and listening. Uh, welcome to Black Women Widows Empowered Blog Talk Radio. And as this is our second show, we have a special guest today, a special guest speaker, um, who will be gracing us with his presence today. So giving us at least 30 minutes of his time. Uh, as you know, this show is about widowhood, and we uh, speak to widows who have uh, unfortunately experienced a time in their life of grief, especially the loss of their spouse. So today we will chat with an African-American widower. His name is Andre Cox, all the way from TNET, New Jersey. Uh, he graced us with an online interview as well, which can be found on our website, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Black Women Widows Empowered, or you can check it out at blackwomenwidowsempowered.com. So he's a widower a widower of almost three years, and uh, I believe uh, it will be three years at the end of March. And uh, again, my condolences, Andre. And so welcome, Andre, and I truly appreciate your time. Thank oh, you thank for you. Um, today. <laughs> no problem. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, so, Andre, you've provided us a written interview, and again, thank you for that. You, uh, uh, you have, we have a written interview with you on our blog uh, earlier this month uh, about your journey, but I also wanted to open up an avenue for the audience to give them a chance to verbally listen to you, and again, thank you so much for giving us your time and being interviewed. And right, we can yeah. go. Yes, thank you. And I'll go ahead and start <laughs> it. And, and I just want to, you know, basically, we know that, of course, this uh, this journey is not uh, is not easy. And um, no matter if you've been widowed one day or, you know, a hundred days or twenty years, it's it's still, um, you know, there's still grief can come in and just uh, prick at us anytime it wants to. So um, what I want to do is just offer an avenue of those uh, spouses who have lost their their wives uh, and their their husbands. So this is just not a one rodeo show. I want to speak to um, you know men and women. And you're the first widower that I have uh, interviewed, and and thank you once again. And what I'm going to do is just want to ask you just a couple of questions, and we can just kind of chit-chat back and forth. And um, I'll go ahead and just open up with, you know, just first of all, how are the kids? How are the kids doing? Um, You know, they, um, from, I guess, from the time she got sick to up to now, they, um, they've been good. Um, you know, they vary in ages. Um, um, you know, I have an older one and one who's in college and, and, and a 12-year-old daughter. And, you know, they handle the situation better than I do. And kids are resilient. Um, yeah. Um, so they, you know, I, I guess I just drew strength from them. Um, you know, they, you know, my middle son, he was he was more concerned about me. My um, My daughter talked about, you know, 
you know, Vicky as if she was still here. You know, everything was always, you know, you know, mom this, mom that, or remember when mom. So, you know, she had fond memories of her. And, you know, she used to always say that she was all right. And, you know, my oldest and I, we probably struggled the most um, um, about it. Um, You know, Lee was, he's the oldest, you know, he he was the first. And so it it was tough on him. Um, And I remember one time I came in a room and he was sitting on my bed and he was holding, like she used to have this scully to keep her head warm. And he was holding mm-hmm. it. Tears were just dropping off his face, and and I, oh. I just, uh, I just, all I did was just stand there and just had my arm around him. He was leaning, you know, on me, and he was just holding this. And um, you know, so I remember I tried to pull away a little bit, and he just, like, he just wouldn't let, wouldn't happen. He just, that's all he wanted to do. So, you know, stood there for a while, and um, you know, so, but he. You know he's finding his way. He's he's doing the best he can. You know he, um, you know like um, like my daughter. He he he's him and I swap stories. So we're we're definitely in a better place than we were. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. And uh, I I assume uh, the kids they're they're flourishing now, huh? How 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 yeah. are they now? It's, it's coming up. Uh, I, I believe it's. Uh, Coming up, another another anniversary. Yeah, um, the, the twenty yeah twenty eighth March twenty eighth um, is when she um, passed away. So it's coming up. They don't really seem to be um, like bogged down with it like I am. Um, you know, okay. I mean, okay. yeah. Um, so I I, I, I kind of let it go. I don't want to push them and say, oh, you know, your your mom's death is coming up. I just let everything be. Um, they freely talk about her. They, they, um, they, I know they miss her, but you know, they're, they're happy kids. So I let, I let them yeah. be. That's awesome. That is awesome. And it's good to hear that um, they're doing great. It, it really is. I always like to ask about, you know, how the kids doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, what has been your biggest accomplishment since your journey without your wife? Um, I, I don't necessarily see myself as, you know, trying to accomplish anything uh, or, or setting mm-hmm. goals, you know, because, you know, it's just being normal, you know. Um, yeah. Being being normal is, you know, going to work, paying bills, you know. Um, so for for me, it was you know, making sure that the, you know, that the kids had everything they needed, like nothing, I didn't want them to be reminded that, you know, when I look back at the time when she first got sick, you know, everything had to be normal, you know, um, you know, my daughter still had to go to piano practice, you know, you know, Armand still needed to go to football games and wrestling matches. Um, all that stuff had to be, could still happen. And I made yeah. sure. So, um, you know, she did the best she can to also, um, you know, sort of participate, you know, making sure that Jaden gets there. Um, during the day, her mom was here to help. Um, but, you know, she made sure she tried to make it to, you know, Armand's games and, and wrestling matches. Or actually, she didn't make it to any wrestling matches that second year. Um, but, um, 
Um, so, you know, the bottom line is just be normal. And when she died, prior to when she passed away, um, we both promised, you know, Jaden that she will have a 10-year birthday party. And, you know, that was like a priority of mine, making sure that, that Jaden had that birthday party. Because in my mind, if she didn't have that birthday party, it would have been a reminder that, oh, I don't have the party because mommy died. Okay. So, um, you know, that was, yeah. you know, and then, you know, um, Armand had two proms to go to. You know, I had to make sure that he uh-huh. went to both proms, his girlfriend and his. So not to be, oh, wow. you know, didn't go and then be like, oh, I didn't go because mommy died. Oh, so wow. I, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it was it was a little different because the two two younger ones were here. Lee, you know, had his own apartment. He lived up actually, he lived at the top of the block. Uh, he had an apartment at the top of the block. Um, but um, you know, he was on his own doing his thing, helping. We were helping him out best we can. But you know, it's just really, you know, him being independent, you know, living by himself. So you know, I talk a lot about the other two because they were here. So during that that time when Vicky was sick and when she died, the two youngest ones lived with me. And they still do. Okay. And that's good. And and so how has that been? Um with the two kids at home? With them living with well, you? Yeah, it's really like one and a half now because um, you know, at the time Armand was just um he was a senior. And um, okay. he was a few months away from graduating high school when she died. So now he's a junior in college, and uh, he's away at college. So he's actually here now. He's leaving tomorrow morning because he had his break. But uh, for the most part, it's just um, mm. my daughter and I um, for most of the time. Um, um, you know, she. You know, so it's 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 strange because now the house, which is you know, pretty pretty sizable with just two people in it. So there's a, you know, the rooms don't go in because their doors are closed because no one's going in and out. So it's kind of adjusting. And and I can see that. Has that brought you two closer together? Um, we were, I mean, you know, Jane um, was, I, you know, I wasn't like I was not close to her because I was, but she was, you know, as Vicky called her, her shadow. Um, so, you know, Vicky would get up going to the kitchen. Jaden had to follow her. You know, she'd go in the back and then the bedroom. Jaden had to follow her. So she followed her always. And But I was there because, you know, Jane, you know, piano um, recitals or practices or she was involved with soccer um, at one time. So, um, and, you know, school activities as far as parents, teachers, you know, from, you know, it was always, you know, there. I mean, obviously, daughters and, and mothers have a tendency to be together, you know, um, a lot as I was, you know, doing things with the boys when they were growing up. But um, I wouldn't necessarily say they brought us together because I don't think we were ever apart. I mean, okay. right okay. now it's just, it's more about, you know, knows it's just me now, you know. I mean, she can't follow Vicky in the kitchen anymore. She can't go in the back bedroom anymore. You know, it's, um, 
And she's growing up, she's different. You know, she's way different than she was when she was nine, the time when she yeah. was sick. And so, so, and, you know, she's approaching teenagers. So it's it's a little different, but, um, you know, she's, she's such a happy-go-lucky kid. And um, I, I do the best I can and give her what she needs and um, and um, let her let her be, let her, let her grow, you know. That's awesome, and I asked that question because I remember during my my journey in the early years, it kind of separated my. I was separated from uh, my daughter, um, mm-hmm. only because of my, you know, my doing. I found myself in the room, you know. I just kind of blocked myself, blocked everyone else off, and just thought about me. And you know, some people do that. Some people just go into their own corner, whereas grief can also bring together you know, family, mm-hmm. and that's awesome, especially with you being, um, you know, the father. Uh, you and your daughter came from what you're saying, you know, you still bonded. You know, there was no separation. If anything, um, it was more of a closeness, um, only because yeah. it was just you two in the house mm-hmm. at that um, time. You know, the... the, the uh, I made a decision, um, um, even when she was sick, and even with Vicky too, we we did the best we can to shield them from, you know, the actual suffering. You know, when she was in pain, um, she didn't want them to see that. Um, And so we we sort of shielded them from what was really going on as far as the, 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 you know, like when when it started going downhill and all that stuff. So she tried to keep on, she tried to keep happy, um, you know, way about her. I did the same thing. And then when she died, I didn't want to see the kids to see me suffering. I didn't want to see them, them see me hurting. So I was normal around them, but, you know, my bedroom's downstairs and theirs is upstairs. So they usually go in their room, you know, 9 o'clock. They're upstairs. They don't see me. And they don't see the pain I'm going through. They don't see the suffering I'm going through. I want, you know, that's when, you know, when the house got quiet, I'm supposed to be talking to Vicky. So I'm just sitting there with my mind and no Vicky, and I start to hurt. And then I'll just go in the bedroom and lock the door and just suffer. It was, it was bad. But um, they never yeah, saw. Yeah. Wow, and that's, yeah, they never saw it. Um, did they know, do you think they knew that what you were doing in your room, even though they didn't see it? No. Do you think she knew? No, okay. They, okay. no they, they didn't. They didn't know. Because, um, you, know, you know, after they ate and homework and all that stuff, I mean, you know, um, keep in mind, too, um, Armand graduated um, that year she died, and then in the fall he went away to college. So oh, he, wow. he so really didn't, yeah. yeah, he really didn't, he really wasn't here that much to, you know, where now most of my time and I had to, you know, I really dedicated my time. I didn't do anything. My time was Jane, you know, everything was Jane. I, you know, it wasn't like a spoiler, but I, I made sure that she had everything she needed. You know, it was a transition awesome. because she she was going from being watched by Vicky because Vicky was out to, you know, after school program. 
and you know she spent time you know which which was nice now she was able to interact on a regular basis with kids and then in the summer you know Vicky will watch her Vicky's not here she had to go to camp again her having kids her age um and she's interacting with them um okay. she also belonged to the Gillis Club, which is Gilda Radler um, from Sunday Night Live. Um, they, uh, oh! A, yeah, there was a Gillis Club because it was, it was named after her because she, she passed away, I believe, from cancer. Um, so yeah. um, it was uh, um, a group, and these were kids up to the age of 12 who lost somebody. And um, so in that group, there was enough girls and, and, and kids her age um, where they assisted the kids in their own way to, you know, deal with um, the death of, um, you know, there they were kids there that had siblings that passed away or they had, you know, their, their father or their mother. You know, so um, they all had something in common. Although it was a play environment, they they allow it, they interacted the, the, the teachings or the, having kids, the open form, to freely discuss their situation, and, um, and it was it was very helpful. She was there for about six. Months. It was very helpful. She loved it. Awesome! That is awesome. Now, you know, uh, you talk about you mentioned that you went into your room, and they, and she really didn't know. You know, she didn't really know what you were doing, and you expressed that you were. That's where you. Um, that's where you basically were leaving. So, you know, this delves into this. This goes into my next question. As a man of color, do you find it difficult um, to express your sadness to say other bereavement groups or even friends? I mean, there was there was like you know there was a core of people that I um, I wouldn't say that it was me reaching out to them. They made sure they re- they reached out to me. Um, I, I did. They actually was. I was in two therapy sessions at the same time, and um, two of them. Yeah, I was in two therapy sessions at the same time, along with the bereavement group. And you know, it, it was just making me repeat my story over and over again. Although, I mean, that that was more with the private sessions, but with the group. For the first, you know, I can't remember how long, but I, I pretty much sat there. And I used to kind of like cry in silence. You know, I was just, just I, I mean, sometimes I heard what people were saying and sometimes I did not. But um, as I was coming along, I was just really starting to hear other people's stories and I just wanted to give them encouragement. You know, um, I remember this one woman, you know, she was, she was she was close to eighty years old, and unfortunately, first husband died when she was twenty nine, and then her second husband died. And I remember her saying, you know, that she didn't know what to do, and I felt so bad for her. I really, really felt bad for her, and that was probably the linchpin that sort of got me going in that group. You know, I just wanted to help out as best I can. And I, I, it wasn't like I put my own situation in the back burner. It was kind of helping my situation at the same time. But I felt I really needed to, 
you know, encourage the others that was in the group that was in a similar boat as me. That is awesome. That is awesome. How long did you attend uh, each session? Um, I saw both of them probably uh, just just over a year. Um, you know, I, um, just over a year, maybe maybe about a month after she passed. Um, the bereavement group was maybe three months after she passed. And, okay. you know, mm-hmm. that's a, I think that's like six weeks. Um, and I had an opportunity to go back if I needed to, but um, being that I was seeing, you know, um, the two um, therapists, uh, I just kept on that until, you know, I said, you know, let me uh, let me start to um, let me start to venture out without help. Um, at least that kind yeah. of help. Uh, yeah. But you know, like I said, I had a core of people. You know, my my family and friends. They they reached out to me. Um, they made sure, you know, that I wasn't suffering. You know, in silence. Awesome. That's great. Um, so, so where do you think you are now mentally and spiritually in your life? Um, you know, um, spiritually, you know, I'm, I'm coming back to who I was, you know, um, I, I just think that, um, I draw straight internal strength. I push myself, I make sure that I don't stay stagnant, um, you know, um, my aunt who went through a similar situation as, as I had, I had, um, you know, my uncle died when she was, I guess, around 49, or he may have been 49 or something like that. And mm-hmm. I remember that first year she told me, she said, you know, you don't, you know, you never give, you never forget, you just learn to live with it. And, and I think that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm learning to live with it. Um, it's not going to go away. It's, it's always going right. to be there. It's always reminders. Um, it's not like I can't function. Um, and even when I was hurting, I was functioning, but it was like different things going on. But I, I just think it's just a continual process that, you know, if I look back at the progress that I've made, you know, um, you know, my son said it. He goes, you know, we're in a better place. That's what he told me. He said, Dad, we're in a better place. Oh, that's so, awesome. Um, yeah, I looked at him. I'm like, who are you and what you do with my son? You know, because <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that words came out of his mouth. Um, but, you know. Now, is this No, that was that was, um, that was a middle one. You know, and, and um, you know, and, and even, you know, my oldest son, he's, 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 he gives me words of encouragement. You know, um, so uh, I appreciate both of them. You know, they these are young men who are stepping up thing, and, and they're looking out for, for me. And um, so I do the best I can to help them out, you know. But um, they're young men, and they gotta they got to grow and make their own, own way somehow. That is awesome. Sounds like you have come a long way, and you've made a lot of progress. Yeah, I, um, you know, it's it's better, like I said, it's <laughs> way better than it was. But, yeah, way you know, better than um, it was. Yeah, but I'm not, um, I'm not, um, 
hurting as much. And, you know, we there will be times when we will hurt, you know. it's uh, it, It'll mm-hmm. come and go. But as long as yeah. you just don't stay stagnant, you don't stay there, that's what counts. Um, mm-hmm. We all are yeah. humans and we all have, you know, emotions. But mm-hmm. um, it's great that you went to uh, those bereavement groups, attended those, and said you even went to two at the same time. That's awesome. That is really awesome. Um, yeah. So tell me, uh, this, 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 this last question, and I see we have about five minutes. Um, you know, they say some widow men try to immediately find someone else um, after their late wife uh, has passed and try and, you know, find someone to replace her. So what, what are your thoughts on that, personal and in general? Um. Well, I, re- I do recall, you know, um, speaking with um, a few people. One of them was the uh, minister who um, did the service for Vicki. And I sat in her living room, and she gave me a warning. She said, you know, your prime, you know, whatever she called, I can't remember exactly, and how, you know, you know, there are women out there that, that, that will prey on men and being that men are, you know, would easily go to them and say, you know, something you'll look out for. And so I recall that conversation with, with um, the minister and also a family member told me, you know, that um, at the time I was upset when he said it, but he said, you know, oh, you know, you, you're going to find love again and get remarried. And I, I just didn't even think about it. You know, I mean, I'm, I think that's that's probably a, um accurate, you know, um that men would have a tendency to go out and find someone else quicker um, um, quicker than women would. Um, you know, I guess I don't fall in that category because, you know, I just wasn't interested. I just, you know, I had priorities. And priorities, was, you know, whatever was going on with me was put on the back burner. And um, it was just making sure that, you know, the kids... Um, you know, had what they supposed to have. And, and for myself, you know, I just slowly, I guess, healed. And at some point, you know, I, I guess I will start, you know, dating, you know, seriously. Um, but for now, you know, it's, um, you know, I'm not ready to get married tomorrow. So, um, but, um, you know, I'm more open to the idea that, you know, yeah, maybe one day I'll find somebody and get remarried. Um, way different than it was when, you know, when it was first told to me, when I just didn't think it was possible or I wanted it. Right, right. And, you know, it, it takes time. It's um, it's one of those things where um, you just don't uh, know where you are uh, when it comes time to uh, date and, and, uh, you know, meet various other personalities. I know it can be a struggle at times. And, you know, one one event that we are having that is coming up, and this is a good leeway into that, is, you know, we're holding a very, a very first event um, as it relates to dating called um, Dating Heals and How To. 
and that uh, that date is March 25th. And we're going to have uh, single men and widows uh, just sitting and talking, uh, talking about how we can uh, date from a widow's perspective. You know, we're going to have widows there to ask questions. We're going to have single men there and widows there, widowers there to ask questions. Um, in a panel discussion. And so if you get a chance, feel free to come on by. Um, I think it will be a great leeway into those who are getting back into the dating world. And um, so, Andre, I do appreciate your time. Um, I know it's not an easy journey. And um, I admire your strength, and I pray that you and your family continue to be strengthened during this um, phase that we call widowhood. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us. And I'll go ahead and end the session. And you, everyone, you just have a great rest of the week. And again, Andre, thank you very much. Are you very welcome. Thank you.